It's a Tuesday edition of PFTOT, a program that we record just minutes after the conclusion of PFT Live, which usually means we're a little bit delirious, a little bit giddy, and we're also ready to continue to grapple on issues that we may have discussed during the show, or we've got some things we didn't get to that we'll find things that we can argue about you're already shaking your head at me i can see you there sims what's your deal man well i mean you said it i mean gosh i had to deal with you for two hours already on live tv and now i gotta go extra 25 minutes of this nonsense it just it wears on you how much can you carry a guy in one day it's just tough being michael jordan and you being scotty pippen all the time i just it, it wears on me <laughs> I, I i felt feistier than usual today i don't know why i was pissed off because you're tired because you stayed up late for a game last night and you look tired today so I, you were you were feisty Hey, by the way, at one point you were talking about Aaron Rodgers and you said something about an album on the helmet. What the hell is an album on the helmet? Did I? I, I, I was probably saying emblem. Maybe that's what I meant to yeah. say. You I'm said, guessing. You said album. Oh, you said I album say? on the helmet. Uh, damn yeah. it. I didn't know that. Well, you know me in the English language. We don't always work well <laughs> together. <laughs> All right. Well, the NFL and college football work very well together. And that's the first topic today because the NFL continues to have a rule in place that keeps players from entering the draft until they have three years removed from their high school graduation. And Adrian Peterson tells SI.com that he wanted to enter the draft after only one year of college football, and he thought he was going to be able to. He said when the Maurice Claret situation happened, he was elated. He said, thank you, Jesus, because I just knew that was the route I was going to take. I would have taken it. Think about the type of year I had my freshman year at Oklahoma. I'm out of there. I'm in the NFL already. So, uh, look, and and it's a relevant point because, number one, I think it's an artificial rule that is there to protect college football. I don't think it's there to protect the players. I don't think the players need protection. I don't think the teams need protection from themselves. This is for the market to sort out. Who gets drafted? Who gets put on a football field? Who ultimately takes reps during a game? That's for the forces of football to determine. I think the idea that these guys are prevented from earning a living is unfair to them. They should be allowed to do it. And I look forward to the XFL potentially disrupting the model, Chris, by inviting players into their draft pool or however they're going to allocate players, regardless of whether or not they're three years removed from high school. Yeah, listen, this is a really interesting topic. I had no idea we we're going to talk about this until you threw it on the dock here. And there's there's a lot. I to, didn't either. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I mean, I think there's a lot of things to go off on here. First of all, I mean, to Adrian Peterson's point, yeah, I mean, I understand. He had an amazing freshman year. And if history, uh, if I can remember history correctly, his sophomore year, I believe he's when he got hurt, right? And then he had a great junior year and ended up being a top 10 pick. But – uh, okay, a guy like Adrian Peterson, I mean, he's one of the freakiest players in the history of the sport. I mean, Adrian Peterson, for my money, will go down as one of the three greatest running backs we've ever seen in the NFL. Uh, and certainly the best one in my era or in my generation that I've seen. But he could do it. Yes, he could do it. But I'm not so sure I definitely agree with you on the fact that it's good for all of these kids that are out there, okay? Adrian Peterson, like we said, is a special, special specimen player. He is like a Greek god when you see him in person. His body is cut out of granite. I mean, so that's why he's Adrian Peterson. But what I would worry about a little bit is, you know, yes, having a 19-year-old kid who plays middle linebacker or maybe some other position 
position. He's still a growing kid uh, and not really ready for the trials and tribulations and the physicality of the NFL game and what it can bring and all of those things. Though that I do worry. You know, if it's a kid especially who maybe thinks he's better than he is and he's still a little immature physically and mentally, uh, I think that the NFL and being, you know, thrown into there to, into that fire out of nowhere could also ruin kids' careers and maybe even hurt them physically too where if they're not ready physically, they're going to get beat up and put in dangerous way. So it's different than other sports there. So, you know, again, I don't even know where exactly I stand. I'm just throwing out scenarios that concern me. Here's where I stand. I am in favor of the open and free marketplace. I am in favor of young men who are old enough. And people get mad when I point this out, but it's true. They're old enough to volunteer for the armed services and die for our country. So they're old enough to make the decision. They're old enough to say, I want to play pro football. And the pro football teams, they, they are sufficiently competent to decide who should be drafted and who shouldn't be drafted. Now, the problem is... You have one shot, and once you roll that dice, and or die as the case may be, if it doesn't work out, you can't go back and play college football because of the rules of college football. So that that's the problem. They, you know, it would create this this all-in scenario where you declare for the draft, it doesn't work out, you've got nowhere to go to hone your skills. So you know, the system is rigged in favor of protecting college football. I think that's why the rule is there. Any other kid out there can make a living off of his or her talents, regardless of age. And I think it's wrong for college football and NFL and NFLPA are complicit in this, Chris, creating this artificial barrier that forces kids to play college football. They should be allowed to go to the NFL if they want to. And and hopefully someone will come along and disrupt it, whether it's the XFL or someone else. I've been advocating for an in-season pro football league Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Let's see a pro football league that says, come on, anybody who wants to sign up, Let's do it, and the market will decide whether or not an 18-year-old should be on the field with a 32-year-old. Yeah, well, again, I think to to your basic point of the fact that, yes, if you can enlist in armed services or if there was a war that broke out and if you're 18 or older, you can be drafted uh, to have to go to war and be a part of the armed services, you're right. It's hard to argue from that standpoint or that little point alone to say anything, okay, well, if you can do that, then you should be able to, you know, go get a job in the NFL or wherever it may be. But I don't think I don't know if I totally agree with you as far as the NFL and NFLPA being totally complicit just for the sake of college football. I do think player safety is an issue in this one for me. I mean, again, we're talking about guys who are 28 years old who were worried about their player safety. I'm certainly going to worry about... They don't about- need to be protected. Chris, you've just contradicted yourself. Why? If they're old enough to go and fight and die, they're old enough to make the adult decision to go try to play football. I, it's for the team I to get it, them. but when you're, you're that age, you're don't always know you're not that smart you're young you're immature you're dumb you were 19 once you did lots of dumb things I did a ton of dumb things at 19 so I wasn't yes so that's what I'm saying they're protecting themselves from themselves to a degree the NFLPA and the NFL Players Association I don't think it's all about college football what are they protecting them from what are they protecting them from about some 18 year 
world who thinks he's better than he is and he wants to just go make a living in the NFL and he's not physically or mentally mature enough and all of a sudden he's got three concussions in week seven because he thinks he can throw his body around the same way he did in high school football, which he was involved in two years ago, and he doesn't realize he's hitting Mack trucks like Marshawn Lynch and now the coaches are yelling at him and everybody's on him and now his whole career's ruined because, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming and I'm 19 years old and I never went to college and I got nothing and now where the hell do I go with my freaking life? That's what they're protecting for him. Thank you uh, the, the no, court but, but and no, I won th- that argument. No, no, yes. no, no, overruled. You didn't because the, you're, you're leaving out a very key ingredient here. The teams are the ones who will vet the players, will determine who should get drafted. Surely they're not going to draft some 18-year-old punk who has no business being on a football field. And if they do, and they know he currently has no business being on the football field, they're going to keep him off while they put a couple layers of armor on him in the weight room to get him ready because they they, they are choosing to squat on the potential. See, I, I think that... They're, they're protecting the teams from making stupid decisions. They're protecting the players from giving up their eligibility. That's what they're protecting them from, whether they mean to or not. They can say it's all about they're, they're too young. I just think that is a pretext for protecting the business model, which is college football is the free farm system of the NFL, period. And they're going to protect it by forcing kids into college football for three years. NBA, currently, it's one year you got to go to college. They may get rid of that. It should it should be the kid decides what he's going to do. And if the kid wants to take a risk, if he wants to do something stupid, I mean, you can jump out of an airplane at 18, I assume. Your parachute may not open. You can drive around on a motorcycle without a helmet on at 18 in states where you don't have to wear a helmet. You, you, you suffer a, a very minor accident. You go flying through the air, you're dead. That you, we don't have to protect people from themselves. The right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness includes within it a right to screw up your life if you choose to do so. And everyone over the 18, age of 18, has the right to screw up their life if they choose to do so. That's my opinion. Final answer. I'm right. You're wrong. No, I'm not. That's not necessarily right. Now, one thing I think we can agree on, and you're not totally right there, so shut up, okay? But the one thing we can agree on is I will say this. I do think that the players, you know, I'd like to see if they wanted to dabble in coming out in the NFL draft or whatever it may be, and then they realize, okay, I'm not going to get drafted anywhere near where I thought I was going to get drafted or I thought I was going to be a second-round pick and now teams are telling me I'm a sixth or seventh-round pick. I wish they could find some way to let those type of players go say, you know what, okay, I made the wrong decision. I'm going to go back to college and play another year. I wish there could be something there oh, that could oh. be worked out. Um but what? What? But, 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 but once you sign an agent, you've compromised the integrity of the amateur system, yeah, even though you. everyone else is making, you know, the coach is making millions yes. and he has an agent. The school is making millions. The system is making billions. But God forbid you have an agent. And they don't even create that like they have in basketball, where you can at least enter the process. All they have is this vague committee that gives you a. a an inherently unreliable estimate of where you're going to be drafted. You can't go to the scouting combine. You can't do the pro day workout. You can't do anything that would give you a clear picture of where you're going to be drafted. This is Chris at its core. This is all about preserving the free farm system. That is college football, which is making billions for itself. And it costs the NFL nothing to have these players uh, properly vetted and groomed and coached and developed by someone else. 
not by the NFL. And then they have a finished product. They open the door of the oven, and out comes all the all the, the loaves of bread that they can absorb into the NFL. All right, one of the loaves of bread that's going to be absorbed into the NFL. That's not the best simile, but you, you got to work with us here. We're kind of tired. We've been going at it all morning, and we didn't sleep much last night except for Chris, who fell asleep during the game. Dwayne Haskins. Peter King reported on Monday that he may be slipping, he may be sliding, he may be the fourth quarterback taken now, which would put him behind Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, and presumably Daniel Jones. Your thoughts when you hear that Dwayne Haskins may be slipping to the fourth spot on the quarterback pecking order? Well, fourth is would be low to me. I mean, again, you know, I've said this many times. I mean, again, Murray, I think, is in a class of his own. Then it's Locke and Haskins, very close there to me. To me, they're in a class of their own as compared to the next guy down the line and Daniel Jones. But I'll just say this. As a spectator, somebody that talks to a lot of people around the NFL it does seem like Dwayne Haskins' train has lost some steam, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it is. You know, I, I've heard a number of things. I don't think he totally blew people away at the Combine. I will say this, just from the optics standpoint, the Combine didn't look good for him. When you have six weeks to train and you kind of come in not looking too tight and toned body-wise and you cramp up after 140 run when the six weeks previous to this was all the buildup for this 30 to 40 minute workout you were going to have and you weren't prepared is almost a litmus test in itself okay so when teams especially the old school coaches I think see that they go wait quarterbacks are supposed to be type a psycho obsessive compulsive I mean all I do is think about quarterback and football all day long and when you show signs of I'm not in shape for the two sprints I need to run and things like that Coaches take a set, step back and go, wait, how can you not be in shape? What, what, what is that? So I think uh, it does seem real that the, the steam has died out as far as Dwayne Haskins. But as you and I both know, it only takes one team. And I would not be shocked if there was a team there in the top 10 who really likes him and is just going, you know what? We're not going to say anything. Let people keep saying he's going to slide. So we're comfortable right here and we'll snag him up when the time comes. And that may be the team that is putting it out there that he yes. may be sinking. I mean, that's the thing. We all, all due respect to Peter, but that's that we always have to be on guard for that this time of year because if you love a player, you will perpetuate bad things about him in the hopes that he makes it to the spot where you are picking in round one. And if you don't like a player, you praise him because you want some other sucker to draft him pushing down the board the guys that you would actually pick. All right, we're going to wrap this up with a topic that we delved into on the show today. We We – butted heads about it a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll butt heads about it a little bit more. Dak Prescott, team-friendly deal. You seem to think he should do it. I think he should get every last penny. And uh, I, I understand your point about the Cowboys. And I get your point, Cowboys. too. I mean, I get it. I, yeah, I, yeah. So I don't know. How do we resolve it? And let's summarize for anybody right. who didn't hear us. My point is get paid. Yeah. My point is it's not for the the player to – manage the salary cap it's for the team to manage the salary cap Peyton Manning followed that approach Darrell Rivas followed that approach your point is look this guy can make a lot of other money as a marketing figure being the Cowboys quarterback he also has a pathway straight into a broadcast booth when he's done now he may not be good enough to stay as Jason Witten found out but you at least get your foot in the door when you have the star on your helmet so there are some some incidental benefits to being the Cowboys starting quarterback but the question becomes how do we fix the right Right. Per year salary for Dak Prescott. And we went over the range. You've got Derek Carr at 25. You've got 
Matthew Stafford at 27, Jimmy Garoppolo at 27.5, Kirk Cousins at 28, Matt Ryan at 30, and Aaron Rodgers at 33 and a half. Where do you put Dak Prescott in that range from 25 to 33 and a half? Yeah, I know. And, you know, I mean, what skewed things, too, and really messed up the market a little bit is guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, who have a very limited amount of playing time to this point, are getting $27.5 million. I mean, Dak Prescott's going to look at that contract and go, are you kidding me? I've been to the playoffs twice and won one playoff game uh, as a starting quarterback, and Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played a full season yet. You know, Kirk Cousins, I think he's going to look at the same thing there, and they're going to go, his camp's going to go are you kidding me Kirk Cousins has been to the playoff once and he lost that game at home okay so uh that is going to be the tricky part of this discussion now you know I do think if he got around that Jimmy Garoppolo Matthew Stafford category 27 million dollars a year type number yeah I think that could be something that's fair for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott uh again he's going to get jumped by guys coming up in the future the Patrick Mahomes the Deshaun Watsons all of them are, are going to be in this conversation. Of course, Russell Wilson's going to get a new deal. All of that to where two or three years down the road from now, you know, making $27 million a year at the quarterback position is probably going to put you at like the 12th or 13th highest paid guy in the game. So uh, I think that is where I look at it and make sense. Where I just don't want to say, or what I want to say and don't do is I don't want to, yeah, Dak Prescott doesn't deserve to be in the conversation for the highest paid quarterback in football. Um, He's not there with Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. And to what you said to make my point for me a little bit is, yeah, you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You have a team that's ready to win the Super Bowl right now. Um, You know, you can save a little money for your team. You know, is it going to be life altering if you have $110 million in the bank as opposed to $125 million in the bank? I would argue no, but I know it's not my money and my decision to make. That's all I'm saying. And you mentioned, yes, the advertising that comes along with being the franchise quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the most advertising uh, job in all of professional football. I mean, you said it, you're a star when you're a quarterback of the Cowboys to another level of compared to other stars uh, at, at quarterback positions for other teams. Yeah, I just don't know where this all comes down. I, I, I think that that and, and it's got to be driven by the franchise tag to a certain point. You know, we talked about this with Demarcus Lawrence. It's not about the market. It's not about what others are making. It's about what your leverage gives you. And if they let him get through his rookie contract, it's very simple. It's twenty-five million the first year, thirty million the next year, fifty-five million fully guaranteed over the first two years, which is about twenty-seven and a half, twenty-eight million a year. That just kind of figures itself out right. by way of allowing the franchise tag process to initiate and that's the risk the Cowboys are taking so what they need to do is put a number on the table now that gets Dak Prescott to say okay I will trade in my ability to make two million this year and then activate the franchise tag dynamic I will trade that in for whatever you're offering me and it's a very simple business analysis the question is can they find a way to make the two sides and the two circles of that Venn diagram remember the Venn diagram were yeah. you paying attention that day in school I was two barely circles. all they have to do all they have to do is this they just have to kiss they don't have to overlap you don't have to have one within the other. All they have to do is kiss. Yeah. You like my, my visual that effects? That was very good. I, I mean, I don't really remember Venn diagram until you started explaining it, but, yeah, I got you. Very good. Well done. All right. I don't need those glasses. I have real glasses. All right. Uh, this is the kind of intellectual, faux intellectual look that you need in order to properly figure – boy, these are really dirty. In order to figure – I can't I, – I can't see. To figure out uh, what Dak Prescott is going to get paid, it is not something that is going to go anyway time – 
and you always look smarter when you, you this is always the dramatic look like hey all right um uh, we should wrap this up i'm getting very giddy <laughs> you're delirious anyway one last point one last point before i go back to bed yeah Russ, if you're if you're Dak Prescott, Chris, do you wait to see what Russell Wilson does before you do your contract? I, I don't. I don't think that should affect him. Again, I think Russell Wilson has proven himself to be in a little bit of a different stratosphere. A guy that's played in two Super Bowls, won one of them, been carrying his team to the playoffs for a lot of a lot of years. I don't want to say carrying his team, but of course, been a starting quarterback for a playoff team for a whole lot of years. Uh, no, I don't think it should be. I think he needs to use arguments like Kirk Cousins, Jim. Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford in his favor to go. I'm not sure any of those guys who are making 28, 27, 5, and 27 million deserve to make more money than me. Matt Ryan at $30 million a year. Yeah, I don't think Dak Prescott's in that class and shouldn't be there. So I think looking forward, I think, yeah, $27 million a year around that range makes sense for a Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, especially the way you explained it out with the franchise tag and all those things. So so what if Russell Wilson gets a portion of his contract tied to a percentage of the salary cap? If he's able to get that, shouldn't Dak Prescott wait to see if that's available and then maybe he tries to get the same thing, like it becomes a thing if one guy gets it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly everybody would like it to become a thing. But again, I mean, that's where I just get into that other stratosphere question again to go – you know, okay, I mean, are we really going to make like Dak Prescott the second quarterback in the history of the sport to get a percentage well, of this well, out? I know, no. I know. It doesn't have to be 20%. It, it can be, it can but be whatever, a, whatever. You're right. It's just commensurate with what he's making. You're so right. he's protected right. as the market continues to go up. You're right. And then that, that, that makes a lot of sense and in a lot of ways. And I guess if I was a quarterback, uh, that's how you would protect yourself from that team for that team friendly deal. Okay. I'll give you a team friendly deal. I'll take 20% of the salary cap, but you know, when 20% is $8 million or $10 million more two or three years from now, you know, I'd like to be fairly compensated for that. I, th I certainly think that makes sense. And I do think that's going to happen to one of these quarterbacks here in the next few years for sure. And let me tell you, if the guy who has only one NFL client manages to get that term, and that's Mark Rogers, the agent, the baseball agent who represents Russell Wilson, and CAA is the next agency up with Dak Prescott behind Russell Wilson, how does CAA not move heaven and earth to try to get that term? Yeah. You, you, you look, you, it's glaring if Russell Wilson gets that term with a baseball agent representing him and the top football agency can't get that term for Dak Prescott, even at a lower percentage of the salary cap. So that's something to keep an eye on. And maybe that's an argument for Dak Prescott doing the deal first. So it isn't as glaring when Russell Wilson breaks that boundary of getting his compensation tied to a percentage of the salary cap. All right, Chris, great stuff as always. We will do it again tomorrow. PFT Live, PFTOT, PFTPM, Chris Sims on Button, ProFootballTalk.com. Plenty of stuff to keep you occupied when you otherwise should be working. See you back here again tomorrow. Have a great day. See ya.